Hello, this is Robert Fleming. I'm here with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, my partner, law partner. Uh, let's be clear, law partner. Nice to see you, Elizabeth. Hi, Robert. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about uh, about elder law issues. Today, I thought we'd talk about gifts, whether it's a good idea to make gifts, how you make gifts, what the limitations are, what the rules are. I think a lot of people think that um, that, it, that it really makes sense to give away as much of their property as possible before they die. And the challenge is how do you do that and still keep enough for yourself? So should people be making lots of gifts for tax or estate planning reasons? Well, it depends on somebody's situation. It depends on the value of their estate, whether or not they should be gifting for tax purposes. And also, I think whether or not they have gifting on their minds. In many cases, we meet with families and you might see grandparents who want to make gifts to grandchildren to help with things like college, or other educational expenses. In other cases, you may see an older adult, 80s, 90s, who wants to continue gifting to a charitable organization and who may need the help of an agent under a durable financial power of attorney to continue making those gifts after he or she becomes incapacitated. Most of our clients, they know with certainty when they come to see us that they cannot make gifts of more than $15,000 per year to their children, or maybe they think that's true about charities too, and they're wrong. Uh, what, what are the rules about making gifts? What are the limitations on making gifts? Well, let's be clear, Robert. You can give as an individual $15,000 to another individual per year without having to file a gift tax return. If you and your spouse wanted to give more than say $15,000, together you could give a combined $30,000 to one person, or you could give that person a million dollars. There's really not a limit on gifting. What it comes down to is gift tax returns, when those are required, whether those should be prepared, and also what is the total exemption in an individual's estate uh, based on the limits today, uh, that would be $11.4 million. So you could give up to $11.4 million uh, to an individual or a group of people and actually not have to pay any gift tax. And in fact, you and your spouse could give away $22.8 million, couldn't you? Yes. Uh, so the, the reality is that there are very few people who have to worry about any tax reason for not making gifts if, they're, if they want to be generous. But they may have to file a tax return if they are that generous. Tell me when you might want to file a gift tax return. What would be a good reason for doing that? Well, uh, you, of course, you're required to file a gift tax return for anything over the $15,000, but we're always quick to point out that the penalty for not filing a gift tax return is a portion of the tax due, and if you've given away less than $11 million, there is no tax due, so the penalty is, is uh, there is no penalty effectively. But, uh, that, but you're supposed to file a gift tax return. You absolutely want to file the gift tax return if you're giving away something other than cash, because you want to make sure that the uh, that the valuation is set. Are you giving an example of something like real estate or an interest in a limited partnership or something like that? Exactly. If you're trying to, to do some transition planning and move the family business to the next generation by degrees, for instance, you probably do want to be sure to file a gift tax return, get it evaluated, get the business interest evaluated 
so that you can say with certainty that that's the value. But that raises another question. If you want to be generous, what's the best thing to give away? Is it cash in your bank account? Or is it that real estate that you bought in the foothills 40 years ago that has appreciated tremendously in value? Well, I think one of the answers to that question is, what is the purpose of making the gift and who are you making the gift to? If it's an individual who might already have an interest in the property that you're conveying, that might be helpful for the person to acquire a greater interest. Um, however, when we look at making a gift, the issue of basis is important to consider. Robert, do you want to talk a little bit about basis when we think about gifting? Sure. You bought that piece of property in the foothills 40 years ago. If you sold it today, you would have to pay capital gains tax on it, and it's appreciated quite a bit in value. If you give it away, the person you give it to, when they get around to selling it, they will have to pay that same capital gains tax. But the trick is that if you die owning that property and you leave it to the same person you were going to give it to, they get a stepped-up basis to the value on, your, on the date of your death. So all of that appreciation goes untaxed if you will just hold on to the appreciating property and, and leave it in your will or your trust or, uh, or by, a, a, by a deed at death. Uh, there are a number of different ways to make the transfer. All of that kind of boils down to it's hard to be general about the right answer. I think you've alluded a couple times to... Um, uh, make your gift decisions based on how generous you are more than on the tax considerations. And then talk to an attorney or a CPA. Certainly, uh, you want to find somebody who knows something in this area in either, in either uh, profession before deciding exactly whether you're going to make a significant gift or, uh, or what terms, or for that matter, which items you're going to make gifts. One of the questions that I've gotten quite a bit lately is, whether somebody who has diminished capacity can continue making gifts. If the person has given annually to a particular charitable organization or who has made individual gifts to family members through the years and so that there's a pattern of gifting. Robert, if somebody becomes incapacitated, can gifts still be made? Maybe. Uh, the, the classic lawyer answer, it depends. Um, it depends a little bit on what their documents say. If they've created a trust that gives the trustee the power to make gifts to sprinkle money among families or, or charities or whatever they've done, or if their power of attorney expressly allows gifts. But the general rule is if you haven't done something in writing in advance of your incapacity, the person who's handling your affairs for you will likely not be able to continue even a pattern of making gifts at least not without going to court and, and establishing some additional things. So if that's important to you, if, if you, for instance, have made regular annual gifts to your children and they have come to rely on that in order to make sure that their kids go to college or, or that they have nice vacations or whatever it is they do with the money, if that's important to you, you need to make sure you plan for it in advance. I think that's probably enough to talk about gifts today. Um, we'll, we'll come back to this subject again in a later podcast. But for now, this is Robert Fleming with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We're from the law firm of Fleming and Curdy in Tucson, Arizona, where we practice elder law, estate planning, trust administration, and, uh, and we hope you will continue to join us in our podcast series. We'll talk with you later.